0: It's hard to believe it was the last passage, man. This has been such a great book for me. I don't know about you, but it has been for me. It's amazing, again, to think that. Now, remember, guys, when we read this, we're, we're going through this. It's been months and months and months that we've been going through this. And, of course, when they got the letter, it was all read right there, one time, one place, bam. And so, again, keep it in mind that when... Peter says, the end of all things is at hand. The end of the world is, all, is, is there. These guys are like, whoa, what is going on? What does he know that we don't know? But tonight, the promises of God in suffering. Of course, the Living Hope, chapter 5, verse 10 through 14. Now, last week, remember, we talked about uh, the challenge in suffering. What was the challenge? Of course, to maintain a proper attitude. Kind of hard sometimes when you're in the midst of it, when you're suffering, you're going through it. But also to be ready for warfare. The challenge there, to not get caught off guard, to recognize the schemes of the devil, such a tricky foe, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Then also to not go it alone in our suffering, not try to be the, the John Wayne. And I know that I'm saying John Wayne, I'm kind of dating myself, huh? You know what I mean? Because there's other guys that, that would play... The, uh, the tough guy, newer guys, you know, but uh, either how you get the idea. Even youngsters, everybody knows who John Wayne is, but anyway. But tonight, Peter concludes this book with a wonderful prayer. Uh, a prayer of promises to the believers to encourage them, to lift them up, to, to help them to have the strength to go forward. Promises that are there for them and they're there for us as well. Again, in light of the fact that Peter said the end of all things is at hand. And in the Bible, of course, there's, it's been said there's some 3,000 promises. Promises for you and for me, for all the Christians throughout all the generations given by God, God's word, his promises, and they're all backed up by Jesus, by his son. Remember in Romans chapter 8, 31, 32, Paul tells us that, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against this? For he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not, with him also, freely give us all things? And so the the, the backing up of his promises is: is Hey, I, I gave you my son. What else could I do? What else could I say? How else can I tell you that I am behind this thing? I am behind these promises. And these promises are for us to hold on to and to claim, remembering Paul's words to Corinthians. He says, for all the promises of God. How many? All. all right. In him, Jesus, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God. All the promises of God, guys, for us and as believers, as we continue to see the dark clouds of <laughs> the things going on in this world rising up and seeing things that we have never seen before in our lifetime. Man, how are we going to deal with what is happening? How are we going to continue having hope, having courage, having joy in the midst? Of course, receiving these promises, holding them close to our hearts, clinging to these promises of what God has said in his word. And man, we need to remember, though, in the midst of this, that not only does God have promises for us us to get through it, it's also been promised that uh, in this crazy world, these things are supposed to happen. How do we know that? What did Jesus say in John 16, 33? There you go. Fewer. you are mumbling along. There are These things that I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have, not you might have, it's possible, you know, maybe here and there. No, you will. You will, you will, you will. And if you've named the name of Christ, you're going to have these tribulations. But that's a promise of tribulation. But the next promise is what? But be a good cheer. I have overcome this world. Amen. Woo. So, understanding that perilous times are supposed to come, that helps us right there. there those knowing that is supposed to help us to bring comfort and peace. Hey, it's supposed to be this way. What did what did Peter tell us in chapter four, verse twelve? Think it not strange, brethren, at the fiery trial, which is try you, as though some strange thing is happening. Man, I just never knew as a Christian that I was gonna be in the midst of tribulation. When I became a Christian, it's supposed to be all green lights and blue skies. Well, few green lights, a lot of red lights. It's supposed to be this way. And Jesus, of course, talking about this to the disciples in Matthew 24 in a way of letting them know, hey, these are the things that are going to take place. You know, they're sitting around, Jesus, what is, what's going to happen? What's it going to be like in the end? What, tell us. So he tells them. And that, to me, lets me know that he knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows when's it, when it's going to happen. And it reminds me that, guess what? He is in control. He knows. Psalm 29, one of the, one of the most, like, in-your-face, like, man, serious passages, Psalm 29, 10, 11, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. He sat enthroned. He knew what was happening. He saw what was happening. He allowed what happened to happen at the flood. And what happened at the flood? The entire planet was engulfed in water. How many people survived that? (laughs) Ocho, I like that. Ocho, here we go. How many is that? No. Yeah. So think about that. He sat. So, and he sits as king forever, guys. And he's about to do the same in the world today as we read in Revelation when he comes back, when he takes care of business. It is not going to be a pretty sight. But in the midst of it, the Lord will give strength to his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. While we are going through it, while we are here, while we are awaiting his return, while we see that what's going on, and the promises of, the God, of God are to do just that in my heart. They're to give me strength, they're to give me peace, as I believe these promises. That's the operative word there, believe, and we'll talk about that more. So, let's read the passage, and we'll get right into it. We got any notes yet? No notes yet, huh? Well, the title again, I told you was, what? <laughs> Hallelujah, good job, Dan. You're the man. The promise of God in suffering. Verse 10 But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Sylvanus. Now, who's Sylvanus? Sylvanus was the guy that Peter actually dictated this letter to who wrote this thing out. And that was very common in the day, that Paul had those guys, where he would be dictating, and they would write it all down. Now, what is in verse 12, 13, and 14 is actually Peter himself writing this part. By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand putting his stamp of approval on it, but also letting us know that this is the true gospel, as opposed to what he writes in 2 Peter, which speaks of the fact of all the false teaching that was going on that was infiltrating the church. No, this is the truth, which you guys hold in your hands there. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you. Now, who is Babylon? This is a synonym for the church in Rome And Peter there, being in Rome, writing Rome, did not want to identify Peter from Rome writes this to you. For fear of the fact that this letter, of course, would be circulated. And the people in Rome, wait a minute, what's going on? And the Christians that were there would suffer greater persecution and such. So she who is in Babylon, and Babylon, of course, was just a description of the fact that Rome itself was so wicked, so debased. It was the Babylon Of the time there. So does Mark, my son. Now, interesting, this is Mark, the Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. And many believe that Mark, in writing his Gospel, was basically taking the words from Peter. So it's really the Gospel of Mark according to Peter. Many believe exactly what it was. So, you know that, my son. Greet one another with the kiss of love, peace to you all, peace out type of deal, who are in Christ Jesus, amen. We're going to focus on verse 10 and 11 tonight, though. Number one, the promise of grace, which is the provision, but may the God of all grace, here we go, Peter starts his prayer, the God of all grace, the God who is the provider of grace, a characteristic of God that cannot change, thank God for that, and this means that in His grace... He pours out grace. And what is grace? Number one, what is grace? We know what it is. God's unmerited favor. We're getting what we don't deserve. And in a context, it's God's supply through Jesus to give me the ability to do what I cannot do on my own. I need God's grace to make it in this world today. And Peter mentions the word grace eight times. And grace is that provision to make it through this life that comes from God Who knows we can't do it on our own? Praise God, He knows that. Number two, what does grace tell us? What does grace tell us, guys? Number one, that God is for you. Obviously, back to Romans. If who can be against you? If God is for us. Number two, God wants you to make it, guys. Understand, He He is for us. He wants us to make it. Why? How do we know that? He gave His Son. For He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. Hallelujah, not also with him freely give us all things. Freely give us all the grace that we need to make it. He wants you to make it. Number three, God supplies everything we need to make it. Of course, Jesus saying that God was going to send the helper when Christ went to heaven. The Holy Spirit, the one to come and give us what we need. So we see this, that what grace tells us, but also number three, what does grace do for us? Well, there's many things that grace does for us, but I wrote down two. Number one, it brings salvation. Of course, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by what? You have been what? Through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, so grace brings salvation, but also it brings provision. Remember in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, we talked about that last week, week before, can remember The story of Paul, you know, remember he's taken up into heaven and he hears words that are just unlawful to even talk about. He was taken up into paradise. He comes back down and he was given a what? A thorn. The thorn, the thorn, the thorn. The ministry of the thorn. He was given a thorn from Satan, a messenger, to buffet him, to keep him from becoming prideful. But he does go through the fact, hey, you know, he's only human. He didn't say, all right, thanks, God, I'm tough, I can handle it. No, God, please, please, please. Three times he begs God, take it away, take it away, take it away. And what does God say to him? What does he say that God said that he hears from him? My grace is sufficient. My grace is the provision for you to get through it. For when you are weak, then you are strong. And my strength is made perfect. So grace brings salvation. Grace brings strength. And this is the provision that God brings that when ultimately we can do all things, knowing that his grace is there, it's an endless supply. And, and grace can kind of be looked like, like the escalator of life. Don't you love escalators? I mean, you're getting older, man. Okay, I used to take the stairs. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not, ah, you just jump on. That's what grace is. You just jump on that grace, and it's like this lift that comes from God to give you the ability to rise up to the top, to rise above, to endure all these things in this life. Number two, though, the promise of eternal life, the prize, the promises, the promise of eternal life, the prize, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. This is the promise of eternal life. This guys is the prize. This is what we're looking for. This is what, Don't you love winning prizes? Isn't that the coolest thing? When when you're entered something or some kind of contest or whatever and your number gets drawn or whatever you get called and you get the maybe it's at work or something and they're going to give you a, a weekend off or whatever, I don't know. I love winning prizes. And Peter uses this word, he uses the word called six times. Speaks out of an invitation. An invitation given by God. We have been called, guys. We have been invited to eternal life. Paul said it in Philippians 3.14. He called it the upward call. The upward call. I press toward the goal for the prize of what? Of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. John makes it clear that the eternal life, that this is a promise of God. 1 John 2.25. And this is... The promise, not a promise, not one of the... This is the promise, guys, because ultimately this is what it's all about. This is the promise. He has promised us eternal life. In Titus, Paul told Titus this. He says that it was a promise that, be, that was before time began, that when God had this whole plan of our salvation, his whole thing all worked out, this promise of eternal life was part of that before time began. In Titus 1, 1-3... Paul, a bondservant of God, and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and acknowledgment of the truth, which accords with God in this, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. That just kind of blows your mind. Before time began, he had promised, he had the plan for our eternal life. Jesus said in John 10, 27, 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them what? I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Guys, this promise of eternal life, to hold on to, to cling to, to keep us going, to keep us pressing on, to keep us running towards the finish line. Man, don't pull up short. Don't let the sufferings of this life, don't let the challenges, the tribulations, the stumbling, the sin stop you. Man, you fall down, get back up. Keep on running. Brother-in-law of mine, he was running the, uh, the Ironman in Idaho years and years and years ago. And it was crazy hot. And he'd already done the, uh, the, the Ironman in Hawaii. And this is just one of the ones he was doing after that. But he almost gave up. He almost stopped. And he was actually literally crawling on his knees. He had, he had hydrated too much. He was ready to puke. And he was literally going to put his finger down his throat. And the people that were there, the people that kind of helped, They told him, says, you throw up, you're out of the race. No, they'll pull you out because you're going to become so dehydrated, you're basically going to die. You need all that fluid that was in you just to make it. So he got up, he actually finished the race. He didn't pull up short. Guys, we can't pull up short. We have a promise like this. Man, and this eternal life, guys, is all because of Jesus. Remember what Peter said all the way back to chapter 1, verse 3? Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us or caused us to be born again to what? The theme of the year? A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance which is incorruptible, undefiled, does not fade away, and it is reserved in heaven for you and for me. Our reservations are in. Brothers, I'm going to Hawaii in a couple months My reservations are in. My hotel is booked. The flights are done. Now all I got to do is show up. That's what you got to do, guys. You got to show up. You got to show up. You can't pull out. You can't back away. You can't give up. Why? The promise of eternal life, man. What a prize, brothers. What a prize. You excited about that? A couple of you guys are. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Number three, the promise of temporal suffering. This is the plan. I like this part. This is the plan. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. A while. I like that word a while. How long is a while? I wish it was about five minutes. <laughs> but it's, it's the idea behind this word a while is a little while. Even those other translations say a little while. Peter says the same thing in chapter 1, verse 6. Though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. A little while. A little while, guys. A little while. It's a measure of time that is brief, especially in light of eternity, brothers. Eternity. Think of the prize that we have. How long is eternity? How long is our time here on earth? Man. And God's plan is that we would know, guys, that our time of suffering is short. It won't last forever. It's as temporal as life itself. Psalm 103, 15 through 16. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, he flourishes. The wind passes over it and it is gone. And his place remembers it no more. Kind of sad when you think about that. And, you know, we all have loved ones that have passed away. But, you know, it's just amazing to think that, you know what? My mom used to be alive. My dad used to be alive. My stepdad used to be alive. My mother-in-law used to be alive. My brother, I mean, all these people, and and they're gone. It's like that. Just like that. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though the outer man is decaying, The inner man is being renewed day by day for our light momentary afflictions are working in us a far more and exceeding grace and glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. All you guys are temporary. Some of you might not be back next week. Just saying what it is. I might not be back next week. I might have the prize, brothers. I'm ready. buddy ready? Come on, I get it first. <laughs> Let's go right now. Dodger Larry's ready to go, but after the Dodgers win, win again, he wants them to win again. So. Temporal guys, they're temporal. Man, think about it. Even, even, even our brother Buddy, you know it's been a year since he passed away? June 6th. Gone, just like that. And the promise and the plan, guys, that the temporary trials on earth, that they will be over before you know it. You know, the crazy thing, this summer in June, it'll be my 45th um, high school year after graduating. There's there's guys in this room that ain't even that old yet, 45 years. And the crazy thing for me is, as you know, I mean, I I went to high school at Torrance and I drive by the school all the time. I work out with a buddy of mine from high school, and oftentimes we get together, we'll talk, we'll talk about the memories and such, talk about the things. I mean, it's crazy. And I think,, yeah, how many of you guys went to Torrance? Anybody out there? One person of all these people? I'm an oddity. I was thinking about this. I was born in Torrance, went to school in Torrance, got married in Torrance, had all my kids here in Torrance. I'm still in Torrance. But by God, I don't want to die in Torrance, I'm telling you that much. I'm ready to move on, ready to go somewhere else. 45 years, guys, and yet, doesn't it seem like yesterday? I mean, I can picture myself running through the halls at Torrance High, going over to the football stadium when you had to go along the train tracks there. Man, just like that, brothers. And in light of eternity, this life is but a blink. Keep that in mind. Don't give up. That's a promise, man. It's temporal, temporal, these sufferings. It'll be over. Number four, the promise of his working. And this is the purpose. This purpose, to perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. This is the promise that God will use all the trials, all the sufferings of this life for his purpose. And that purpose is making us mature and strong witnesses for Christ, guys. That's why we go through what we go through. You're going to endure what those in the world and your coworkers, your family members, those who aren't saved, are experienced as well. And you're going to experience those things, but you're going to come through them with victory, with grace, with peace, with strength, being encouraged that you might be able to impart and encourage those around you. Now, these words are all nearly synonymous. They speak of strength and immovability, which God wants For all believers, as they face the trials of life, number one, to perfect means to mend, repair, make right as as in fixing a torn net. It speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit in rounding out your spiritual life, and it makes us complete in Him. Hebrews says almost the same exact thing. In chapter 13, Now may the God of peace who brought up the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete or make you perfect. It's the same Greek word. In every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. To perfect you guys. The promise of his working, the purpose. Number two, to establish, to set as a rock, immovable, no wavering in faith or duty. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about half Dome thinking about El Capitan, man. If those things all of a sudden came falling down when you were there, that would be earth-shattering. That would be amazing. That would be cataclysmic. And of course, one day they are going to. But as it stand right now, that's how God, that's the purpose of these trials and for our faith. Man, immovable, you guys, like a rock. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says the same thing. As you therefore received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established, established in the faith, to establish. So the promises to perfect, to establish. Number three, to strengthen, obviously to make one strong in soul and in spiritual knowledge. Paul prayed it this way. He had had a, a similar prayer as Peter here, a little bit longer. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, And all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. Strengthened with all might. According to who? According to his glorious power. For all patience and long suffering with joy. You're strengthened, guys. You're strengthened in the midst of it, and it gives you the patience to continue to endure. Anybody, I hate being patient. I don't got patience. And yet God brings these things in our lives to force us to become patient. Patient to wait, to trust, to be settled. The next point, as we go on here, the promise of his working, number four, to settle. This means to lay the foundation, to establish you on firm ground as in having a house that is fixed to the foundation as opposed to not bolted or secured. Whenever you get your house maybe for sale and the the guy comes or you're going to buy something and the guy comes, the inspector comes through and what is the one thing he checks? He goes underneath the house, make sure your house is secured to and it's bolted to the foundation, hasn't moved. Means that you're able to withstand the storms and winds of the sufferings of this life And it's what what Jesus talked about there in Matthew 7, when he talked about the, the, the man who hears my sayings and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the flood came, the winds blew, beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded, or it was settled, you guys, on the rock. The rain descended, floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, and it didn't move. Our lives won't be moved, guys. We won't be shaken because we are settled in him. And all this is promised to the believer as God's purpose for us, guys, that while we navigate the sufferings of life, man, we're set. And then lastly, number five, the promises are backed up by him. And this is the power. Verse 11. And this is the doxology. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Another translation says, to him belongs the glory and power forever. Amen. This is the power. The promises are backed up by him. The power that God has to fulfill these promises in our life. In the midst of the sufferings and the spiritual warfare, sometimes, and we can look in this world and we go, wait a minute, man. looks like the devil's got the advantage here. You know, it isn't an even map. Devils, devil's like a few points ahead when we look in the world. No, no, that's not it. God's not having a tough time keeping up. Devil's not in control. He doesn't know. God is in perfect control. He's on the throne, as we talked about. Number two, we got to always remember, one, he has all authority, all power, all honor. He is the God who holds everything in his hands, including your life, including my life. He's the God who created the heavens and the earth, spoke them into existence by the word of the Lord, by the word. You know, Jeff on Sunday morning was talking about the, the big bang and this and that. Man, when you listen to that, you said it's just so ridiculous to think that the scientists actually believe that. First, nothing, out of nothing, something came, and then that, that something that came, something caused it to blow up, and as it blew up, here we are. And all you gotta do is add, what, 14 billion years, and voila. Crazy. Also remember, guys, that he is God, the God of the impossible. Always remember that. Number three, though, what God has promised, he will do. He can't change. He can't lie. In Jude 24 or 25, it's a doxology as well. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Application tonight for us, guys. What has God promised? Anybody know the 3,000 promises that are in the Bible? Few of them, a few of them. I got six of them here for you. Number one, he's promised to be faithful. Even when I'm not, even when I'm faithless. He has promised to be faithful. He remains faithful. Two, to love you. Cat to remember these promises. With an everlasting, unchanging love, you guys. And we've talked about this. Man, remembering he loves you. And again, going back to Romans 8:31, 32. He gave a son. What else could he do to demonstrate his love for us? Three, to provide for you according to his riches in glory. Four, of course, we talked about this, to resurrect you, which is victory over sin and death. We're going to just drop these tents, but we ain't dying, brothers. We are already, in a sense, experiencing eternal life because we will never die but also to give you eternal life, as we know, the reward of your salvation. In the midst of all that, though, Sicily, to be with you. He is what? Emmanuel. God with us, even unto death, guys. These are just a few of the promises. These promises, guys. Number two, though, believing his promises will change my life. And, it, and, and we can't really say that If I don't believe his promises, then I'm not going to receive those promises. Because God's promises are for me, yes and amen. But when I believe these promises, you guys, when I appropriate them to my heart and my life, it changes my attitude. I mean, I'm excited at the fact that God has promised me eternal life. Who cares? He's promised me that this is temporal. It could be over today. Man, think about it. No more bills no more hassles, no more TV media junk, no more nothing, no more COVID, no more masks. I'll take that right now. It's like, bam, get that thing out of here. Believe him, though. And an amazing thing, Abraham believed God. See, if, if I lack, I have unbelief in my heart, it's going to weaken me. But if I'm going to be like Abraham... He believed God, what, for the ability to conceive at that old of an age, but he believed God also to be able to raise Isaac from the dead. Hear his only son. Take your only son. After how many years did he pray? And then God said, now take him out and sacrifice him. That's, that's going to be a good, that's when we get to heaven, that'd be one to sit around and talk about. Now let's talk about that, Lord. Really? you forced, You put that guy through that? And yet he believed. He believed God. Wait a minute. God brought this son. Well, he's big enough to raise him from the dead if I kill him. So here it goes. Let's, and what happens? Hoorah! The angel of the Lord stops him, takes the knife. Man, Romans, Paul records it in Romans 4.20. Abraham, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. Man, guys. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced. Are you fully convinced that God is able, that what he had promised, he is also able to perform? And guys, when we walk around fully convinced, I'm not talking about positive confession here. I'm not talking about the fact that in the parking lot, in the parking lot, my, my white pilot is going to turn into a black, cool-looking Maserati. Man, that's a positive. It's just It's just happening. No, that's not what we're talking about here. Not at all. But I am convinced that what God has promised to all of us, he's also able to perform. When I walk through life convinced, man, everything changes for me. Gosh, I got a new attitude, new lease on life in a sense. Not that every single thing is going to come the way I want, but God cannot go back on his promises. It may take longer than I want, but guess what? That promise of eternal life, that's a guarantee, bro, because you're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're grass. And some of you, some of you the grass is a little longer than others. Others are still growing up. I got, you got a little more, a few more years. Some of you, your grass is about a foot high, and he cuts it at about 13 inches. So be careful. <laughs> Number three, he is our living hope. Guys, remember, that was the theme of the year. Verse 11, again. To him be the glory and dominion, how long? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And when you get done with all that, then amen. He is alive, guys, right now. He is alive forever. He is alive at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for me and you, that we're going to make it. Praying for us. As he did for Peter, prayed that when, after he'd stumbled, he would go and strengthen his brothers. He's praying for us while he awaits his return. Could be today. Could be tonight. Could be in a little bit. A few minutes. A few seconds. It's crazy. So, guys, the promise of God in suffering, man, great way to finish the book. Hold on to those, guys, as you go through it. Because only God knows what's next for you or for me. But one thing for sure, there is going to be a next. Something's going to happen. Something's going to come up. It's life. Some of the brothers out of the conference, as soon as they got done with the conference, got a phone call from the family that one of their nephews had passed away. Right there. Just like that. So we're ready for it though, amen? Amen. We're not going to waver at the promises of God. We're going to stand strong. Maintaining our walk with Christ. Guys, as we go through this summer, we're going to still be men of the word. Every man. Every every man. Every Every day, guys, staying in the word. That's our only hope. Keeps us fed. Keeps us filled. Keeps us walking strong in him. Amen? Let's all stand, guys. Let's close in prayer get you to your groups. Father, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all the promises that are yes and amen in Jesus for us. I pray for brothers, as they go to their groups, Lord, that they would be encouraged. Even in the midst of the suffering, even in the middle of the trials, Lord, that your promises are true for us. And that, Lord, as we look to you, the God of all grace, holding on, believing that, receiving your grace, Lord. And the promise of that eternal life that is sure to come, Lord, guaranteed by you, promised by you. It's the promise, the eternal life. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Bless these men I ask, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.